0: Good morning, and again, a welcome to our online family. Um, great to see you all here today. I know many of us are without power at home, myself included. Apparently, over a hundred thousand residents in the metro area lost power last night with the storms. But as Sister Russell uh, told me this morning, you may not have power in the natural, but thank God you have the greater power of God at work in your life. Amen and amen. Um, I I do, I want to just, as we get started today, we're going to do a little bit of a continuation of some of where we were last week, and I just wanted to voice my appreciation. I've heard uh, just overwhelming amount of support and encouragement, Um, just the, the courage to stand and declare the truth and to declare that in an attitude of love. And uh, thank you for that. Cards, notes, messages. um, It's been uh, encouraging. And I'd like to just kind of start by reminding all of us of a very important reality. And it is simply this. It is impossible to embrace everything God has for you and keep everyone around you happy. It's really important that we understand that, especially in the world we live in today with all kinds of challenging philosophies that are actually born in many ways from the spirit of Antichrist, Anti-Truth, Antichrist. And I want us to take a look at a little bit of that today, but um, it is a complex topic. I do want to remind you once again: there are a lot of people that uh, get up in places like this and they rant and they get everybody spun up emotionally and uh, even spun up politically. And I, I really want to make sure that what we're doing is we're giving ourselves not to um, being emotionally wound up, but actually to being spiritually mature. So last week, we could have heard a pin drop. I mean, like, I, I wondered if everybody was even breathing at one point because it was just like, you know, just it was just such a solemn moment. And I think it it was very appropriately... Uh, contextualized with the consideration that somebody who might not not agree with the reality that we're talking about from the Word of God perhaps could be a family member, give some consideration to that person perhaps being right next to you, and uh, able to hear the truth and the message in a way that would produce loving conviction in their heart rather than, you know, religious animosity. So let's keep that in mind. I will let you off the hook a little bit. Today, because I do feel like um, today's a little more of um, uh, you'll be able to give voice maybe to some of what you're sensing the Lord is saying. Uh, And so we just want to declare the reality of God's Word, the truth of His nature and His heart as we stay the course and uh, live by conviction and an attitude of love. But let's be clear in this complex topic it's necessary that we go straight to the foundation of what's taking place and I I just want to reiterate because this is vital never in the history of our world have our children faced such attack on their beliefs at such a young age more than ever our kids need like-minded believers they need to be around like-minded believers can I get an amen Our kids need to be around like-minded believers who look to God's Word as the supreme source of truth in the way that they're being encouraged in their faith and their relationship with Christ. What I just said is, it's really important that you bring your kids to church. What I just said is, it's really important that you explore Christian community the way God reveals in His Word is that which we are supposed to pursue and explore and experience and express. So, amen that, great, but let's be committed to that, maybe on a different level. There, there's a different element of um, the way society views church in this hour of the world. I, I talked to somebody this last week, like, you know, involved in church leadership and all of that, and just began to voice to me, I just am struggling, I just, you know, just all of it, I'm struggling, and, and I just encouraged that person, I said, look, you've got to understand, the church has issues. Can I get a witness? <laughs> the church, I wouldn't be leading the church if the church didn't have issues. I'm the king of issues, okay? I understand. Uh, but just because we have issues doesn't mean we abandon the bride of Christ. We're maturing and we're growing and God is forming Christ within us more and more and more as we weigh, uh, in the way that we continue to walk this out. And so we want to grow in that and... Um, and and when i 'm making statements like even more so that i 'll talk about today, it is easy to applaud uh, those statements and, and one, one person 's encouragement to me this week. You know, thank you for your sacrificial courage to stand up and declare his truth in such a loving way. I appreciate that. Um, it's easy to applaud sacrificial courage, but I want to ask you for your sacrificial participation in what God is calling us to do as the body of Christ, the bride of Christ, the expression and the expansion of the kingdom of God and the earth. This message is an important message. How many of you know this message is an important message? Like the world needs to know the power of God's Word and the reality of God's Word because God's Word reveals the reality of eternity regardless of what the temporal philosophies of the day and age may be and they come and go. But this Word will stand forever. So our gathering is an important part of expressing that we are perpetuating God's Word into the world around us. So I want to ask you to do three things sacrificially. The first thing I want to ask you to do in the embrace of the reality of this message of the gospel uh, is that we would gather sacrificially. There's that S word. I want to ask you that we would be committed to gathering sacrificially. Helping other people to know this is a value in our lives actually helps them to understand the nature of Christ and the reality of His Word. You know, we've got a, um, a Father's Day photo spot out there it's great stop make you know take your picture and uh, and let us uh, you know, utilize some of those pictures just to splash on our church uh, social media and say thank you for uh, being dads who love the Lord and want to pursue the heart of God. But I would encourage you also take those pictures and post them on your social media and tag your church family. I mean, it's just a, a way that you're communicating, gathering, and the family is an important. We're a family that believes in God's word as the supreme truth that came from heaven into earth. That's important. I don't know if you understand, but like that's something to be celebrated. There is a lot of confusion in the church world over that very issue. Let's just make it clear without any question, even if you don't like what God's Word says about various areas of your life, and all of us have various areas of our lives that God's Word steps on our toes. Can you say, ouch? (laughs) And so when we read that, what we understand is God's Word is inerrant, infallible, the reality of truth as revealed by God, and we don't get to pick the parts we do or do not want. It's important that we know that. It's important that you know that's the kind of church family that you are in right now. So sacrificially gather. Let's connect around. Let's let's do exactly what we're saying our children need. We all need to gather with like-minded believers where we're going to be encouraged in our faith according to the supreme... Um, Source of truth in, that we find in God's word. Sacrificially gather. I want to encourage you, sacrificially give. The Bible actually tells us to bring our tithes and our offerings before the Lord, and it is our giving that expands God's kingdom in the earth. Do you understand that? Like when we give, then we produce a financially stronger church that one day we will give to the next generation. And we're exploring how we can as effectively as possible do that because the next generation church should actually have a church from us that is more theologically strong, more financially strong than we received and more relationally strong than we had given to us. How many of you believe we should give the next generation a better chance at walking this out? And so I encourage you, giving is, you know, here's here's some ideas on how you can give. You can text give to the number. You can scan the QR code. You can give in the giving stations. You can download the app. Uh, I just select destiny as a bill pay recipient in our online checking account. However you do it, but let it be worship that you understand is the expression of the expansion of the reality of God's kingdom. Again, we applaud this message. That's great. But let's expand and express this message as effectively. So sacrificially gather, sacrificially love, uh, sorry, sacrificially give, and I have a connect card in here somewhere. You have a connect card nearby. Here it is. Uh, And sacrificially serve. Just connect. Um, Take this connect card and fill it out, drop it in one of our giving stations. Some of you attend church. We're glad you're here, but... Jesus didn't die so you could merely go to church. I, I, I know y'all want me to get to the good stuff. This is the good stuff. Like, this is the reality of who God's called us to be as the church. It's easy to meddle and mess with other people's issues, but I'm just telling you, if you don't give and if you don't serve, you got your own set of issues, and it's impacting the next generation in your own household more than you realize gets louder when i preach on other people's issues (laughs) we christians really get bothered when people sin in ways other than we do (laughs) and so i just encourage you help help us help you find your way in the fall we'll go back into our Discover destiny where we'll be focusing on uh, understanding who we are as a church family who we are as a church family do you understand if god calls you to attend this church it should actually affect the DNA spiritual DNA of the church your gifted life is actually being inserted into the place and then it helps us become more who God's called us to become because you then start to contribute whatever that gift is some of you have dreams and and things that we're supposed to actually collaborate with and expand the expression and footprint of who God's called us to be as a church amen pastor Lawrence thank you for those words The reason these things are so important, hear me loud and clear, the reason these things are so important, what are the three things I ask? Gather, give, serve. Find your way into this. The reason these things are so important is because it is nearly impossible to keep our children from being indoctrinated in America by woke ideology. And so it is really important that there be these beacons of truth that become expressions in all communities all around this nation and in all the nations of the world. And that's that's why we're here. That's why we're gathering. That's why we're doing what we're doing, worshiping the way we're worshiping. So, you know, what is woke Uh, ideology and why is this message so important and where does woke ideology come from and I want to explain a little bit of it and the title will actually give you a clue to where we're going in this and I'm just going to tell you right up front uh, I'm going to ask you the question in a little while I'll go ahead and give you the answer it is entirely possible that ancient demonic forces are at work in modern generational times You understand? Demons don't retire. Also, I'll just tell you right now, there are no such things as junior demons. Our children don't have um, novice spiritual forces coming against them. They have expert spiritual forces coming against them. You better understand, the Bible makes it very clear that there is a realm that you and I are battling in, whether we realize we're battling in it or not. There is a realm. If Ephesians chapter 6 is a great chapter for you to look at this week and just evaluate. What does it mean, rulers of dark, of this dark world? And, you know, what is that referencing? Principalities. And listen, there are demonic forces that are at work in our fallen world as a result of all that's been taking place in humanity, all the these years and these ancient demonic forces actually are still at work in the world in which you and I live in today. So the title today to help us understand even what woke means is simply this, Woke Babylonian Culture. It's, you get the origin where I'm, where I'm going to point us to, but the progressive left promotes this idea of being woke as being enlightened and supportive of all beliefs, all in the name of love. That's the idea of being woke. We're we're woke. We, we've come we've become more awakened to enlightenment. And what, what it means to be woke is we're going to support and affirm every person's beliefs, whether it's tethered to reality or not. Wokeism is affirming to every person's beliefs, all in the name of love. It 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 sounds good. I, I again I had this is a different leader in the church. That I spoke to this week, and this person told me I got lost in this. This person works in a really. Um, I'm trying to be careful with how you know how I'm explaining what I'm explaining without saying too much. But this person works in a very direct way with people navigating through these types of circumstances and situations. And this seduction of this ideology began to sift this person's heart in such a way they got completely lost in all of it. And then the Lord brought them back out of it to see, no, you cannot give in to the reality of truth in the name of love or it is not true love. The Bible has a lot to say about love. And let me just reiterate again. How many know Jesus is the epitome of love? In all the history of humanity, Jesus is love. Can I get an amen? amen? But they killed him, they crucified him. They wouldn't crucify Jesus just for loving people. They didn't crucify Jesus because he loved the poor, they crucified Jesus because he was unbending and uncompromising when it came to the truth. And if Jesus were alive today, he would be equally as uncompromising and unbending when it comes to the truth today as he was 2,000 years ago that cost him his life, caused the world around him to hate him, and then he reconciled the, the hateful, hostile world to himself by the very blood of his own body on his cross. I love that text of scripture. I've been reflecting on that lately. But he reconciled the hostility of the world by... By his own blood he bled his blood out on the cross and by the blood of his own cross reconciled all those that were hateful and hostile that's a demonstration of not just truth but of true love Important that we understand that. So the Bible has a lot to say about love. Anybody know where the love chapter is, right? It's famously known, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, is the love chapter. It says, you know, love is patient, love is kind, all these wonderful expressions of love. But there's this kingpin central verse that I've never heard anybody speak on or or focus on or even highlight in the middle of the love chapter. Happens to be verse 6, and it simply says this, Love does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but love rejoices with the truth. I mean, Neph said. Love does not say, whatever you believe is okay, and I'm going to be affirming to that, because it doesn't rejoice in unrighteousness. But love rejoices with the truth. True love Never delights in that which is offensive to God. True love never delights in that which is offensive to God. True love never delights in that which is contrary to God's word and is offensive to the heart of God. It's, true love doesn't. The Bible is so clear on this. 1st Corinthians 13:6 it's so clear. True love doesn't rejoice in the rejection of God's good and perfect design of male, female, husband, and wife, true, male doesn't, true, true love doesn't rejoice in that. True love doesn't rejoice in the rejection of truth in any way. So what we have to do is embrace the truth, submit to the Lord, walk this out, and let's, let's just understand, woke ideology of our modern day society today is about moral relativism it's about hey i don't know if if some of you remember years ago i had just started being the pastor of the church which is you know almost a quarter of a century ago and we uh went out and we interviewed people on the street and asked the simple question what is truth you remember that? Like that's almost a quarter of a century ago because we started seeing this relativism starting to cre- creep in and produce this humanistic, uh, philosophical, dangerously philosophical perspective. And, and what is truth? And, and people consistently on the street said this, truth is whatever you make it out to be. Truth, Your truth is your truth and my truth is my truth. This is wokeism. This is what it means. Moral relativism. Your truth defines your own expressive individualism. The greatest evil in a woke society is to hinder somebody's expression of who they believe themselves to be, even if it's not tethered to reality. So, Lord, would you just help us to not rush ahead of you, not lag behind you, just even in our moments together right now, but just to cooperate. Cooperate with you in Jesus' mighty name. As followers of Jesus, we must remember true love is tethered to truth, (laughs) or it's not true. True love is tethered to truth. So we just can't rejoice in what is unrighteous or do the opposite of love when we do. The opposite of love is cleverly disguised hate. It's the affirmation of direction that concludes and ends in destruction. That's not love. Isaiah chapter 5 verses 20 to 21 we pointed to uh, last week. If you'll Turn there. I want to point this out again. We were looking at um, the idea that your your race and your uh, gender are sacred and given to you by God. We pointed to the lady who was the president of the NAACP who her parents came out and said she's not black. She can't be the president of the National Association of Advancement of Colored People when she's white, biologically white. But she said, I'm biologically white, but I identify as black. And the NAACP wouldn't let her be the president of this association for color people. It makes logical sense. But not necessarily in the ideas of what it means to be woke. I can identify with Uh, however I want, and you should embrace that regardless of whatever reality uh, may or may not exist. And so very important that we understand this, and we look at Isaiah chapter 5 verses 20 to 21, and it speaks of a day that will come when the unrighteous will say what is right is wrong, and what is wrong is right, and that black is white, and white is black, and bitter is sweet, and sweet is bitter. Woe to those who are wise and shrewd in their own eyes." Wise and shrewd in their own eyes. You've you've made your own standard of conclusion in your own you're your own conclusive standard. This is the essence of the pursuit of my own supremacy. I will be like God. Have you ever heard that before? This is the original sin of humanity. I want to be like God. This is the perpetuating issue of society. I want to be like God. Who are you to tell me what's right or wrong? Who are you? you to tell me what's right or wrong he's God and this is God's word and it's pretty important that we understand what's taking place in the midst of all of this right now and it all, it is such a spiritual battle so those that are wise and shrewd in their own eyes this is speaking of a people who create their own reality as if they themselves were God now let, let's just think about this I'm going to talk a little bit about this uh, more next week But God loves and rewards and gives grace to the humble. Would you agree with that? That's Scripture. He loves, He rewards, and He gives grace to the humble. In other words, He loves and rewards humility. God loves and rewards humility. But there's no place in Scripture... This says anything other than God hates and rejects pride. Yep. Pride comes before a fall. Like, He loves and rewards humility, but He hates and rejects pride. People that have decided to be their own standard of conclusion have actually extracted from the Bible what is actually the symbol of promise, and they've turned it into the symbol of pride. And then we're all supposed to celebrate this as if it is a good, wholesome thing to do. This idea stems all the way back to Babel. Beyond that, but, but I want to point this out because again, woke Babylonian culture. We're going to go to Genesis chapter 11 all the way to the beginning Genesis chapter 11. By the way, I have my reminder bracelet on our children and youth. will be in camp this week. So as you go out, pick up one of these on the way out uh, and just wear this this week to remind us all to pray over our kids. Father, we just pause right now and say, would you captivate the heart of this next generation? We pray, Lord, for the sons and daughters represented in our a Church family here, these sons and daughters of destiny, Lord, as they go to kids' camp, youth camp, may they encounter God in a powerful and profound way, draw them into the deeper purposes of God. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Genesis chapter 11, starting verse 1, now the whole earth had one language and the same words. This is the, the tower of Babel. That's what we're talking about. They had This is important. One language and they use the same words. And it goes on verse 4. Then they said come let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the heavens. I, I just want you to think about this for a moment. They were trying to dwell in heavenly places. This is actually part of God's plan for all of us. Only not that way. <laughs> So use the same words, have the same language. We're going to build a tower to the heavens and we're going to make a name for ourselves. We're going to make a name for ourselves. So come, let's create our own identity. Let's produce our own reality. Let's develop our own common language. Let's give our specific words we want to use. And if you don't come under our towering ideas, you'll be canceled in this woke cancel culture. And after all, I have the right to cancel you because of my own self-supremacy, which is the essence of everything we're talking about. Here's the question I answered earlier. Is it possible ancient demonic spirits are at work in today's modern generation? Is it possible that same demonic attack that was taking place in the days of the Tower of Babel are taking place in the days in which we live? Babel, babylonian Uh, this is this is important that you understand because the whore of babylon is spoken of in the book of revelation as the ultimate adversarial antichrist spirit that will drink the blood of the saints in the persecution of the church are you hearing me I don't know if you're applying all of that to the day in which we live and what that means actually for us. If we're really moving into last days, then what's going to happen? If there, is there going to be two sides that are going to be presented more and more? And these two sides kind of start like this and they're going to move more and more apart until there is such a great distinction between the two sides that there becomes an absolutely adversarial disposition of truth and deception. And that, when that takes place there will be absolute attack. There will be an attack on the 501c3 status of churches that stand up and preach messages about the supremacy of God's word regardless of how it might offend somebody who's decided they're going to live with a different reality. There is going to be all kinds of attack. I believe there will one day be imprisonment. I had several people this week say, I'm so proud of you, Pastor, for preaching on these things that we need to hear, but boy, one day you're going to go to prison for saying that sort of thing. I was like, thanks for the encouragement. Praise God. <laughs> I'm just glad I married a lawyer <laughs> who will have some sense of obligation to help me out. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> First John chapter 4 speaks so much of what I'm talking to you about. And we need to understand this is a spiritual battle. So turn with me. This is almost to the book of Revelation. First John chapter 4. Starting verse 1. Beloved, do not believe every... We're talking about information here. How many know information has spiritual origin? It all came from somewhere. Isn't it interesting that God sent His Son to be the Word, information, born from heaven to activate the conversation we're supposed to be having with God, and when the enemy wants to contaminate the church, he tries to hijack the conversation and get people in a different conversational expression that's born from a different origin of a different spirit. (laughs) Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. The spirit of the Antichrist. The spirit of the, this is anti Christ, anti truth, anti scripture, anti anything that would tell me I can't have my own reality. The spirit of anti Christ, which you heard was coming and is now in the world already. He's cautioning the church to understand the spirit of anti Christ in this day, back in this day was already at work so much, uh, certainly this is continuing in the day in which you and I live. Verse 5, they are from the world, therefore they speak from the world. They have the world's language, the world's ideologies, the world's philosophies. And the world listens to them. It's this whole dialogue of worldly philosophical disposition. Disposition. But then it says verse six, but we are from God. There's a different spirit about what we're we're expressing. Whoever knows God listens to us, or the teaching of God's word. They align themselves with the teaching of God's word because that is the the the, the, the truth that comes from the spirit, the spirit of God. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. There, the line is being drawn. Whoever is not from God does not listen. to They don't agree with the Word of God. They don't buy into the truth of Scripture. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Let me just make sure you understand once again, the information comes from an origin of spiritual ramification and disposition of what, where it's all emerging from. It's all about this spiritual expression taking place in the world in which you and I live. So what is the spiritual origin of the information you have decided to embrace and express and perpetuate in your life? What is the origin of information? Is it seductive philosophies that the Bible cautions in the book of of Colossians do not be taken captive by the philosophies of this world? Is the origin of the information you're rehearsing and buying into and believing Is that where it's born? Or is the origin of information that you're allowing to shape your life and establish your legacy coming from the Word of God and the Word of truth? Woke Babylonian culture has produced a a progressive Christianity of our day that works to accommodate everyone's views except for God's. It amazes me. Entertainers and athletes get on a a, a wide platform stage of influence, and then they share opinions, and people just buy in because they're famous. I I don't know if you understand, but just because you're famous doesn't mean you're smart. (laughs) And it seems to me that only someone dumb would believe just because someone's famous, they must know the answers to all of society's issues. The truth has to come from the Word of God, not the popularity of the people that you like to listen to. The church has just slowly embraced these toxic perspectives that have originated modern day with people who don't follow Jesus. I want to just say loud and clear, let me just be your pastor for a moment and pastor you in this understanding, you should not be following somebody who isn't following Jesus. If they are not spiritually alive, they don't have the Spirit of God. If they don't believe. Word of God they don't have the truth of God and the origin of the information that they're perpetuating into your heart and you certainly should never become one of their evangelists perpetuating their agenda woke Christianity progressive Christianity enlightened Christianity it's all about tolerance tolerance instead of repentance, Christianity. And it's not Christianity at all. It's a watered down expression of a religious, self-serving gospel that doesn't understand the sacrificial nature of the cross of Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Don't be conformed to the pattern of this world. Let' me ask if the worship team would go ahead and come back. Don't be conformed to the pattern of this world. Right now, in kids' church today, they're talking about God-made boys. And they're helping our, our boys and girls in the same room understand. The characteristics of the nature of godly men created in the image of Father God. They're going to rehearse the characteristics of King David. Which is not a characteristic of perfection, but it is a characteristic of repentance and humility and the fear of God. And they're they're challenging, they're calling the boys up. In that group, they're calling those boys up to be the men of God one day that they're going to become as they rehearse the truth of God's Word in their own heart, in their own mind, in their own lives. And then they're turning to the little girls in the room and they're saying, that's the type of boy you want to one day find as a husband that will be a father to the kids. Never in the history of the world have we needed to surround ourselves with like-minded believers who will look to the supremacy of God's Word as a standard of truth that will help train up a child in the way they should go. So that when they get old, they'll not depart from it. Don't just hear what everybody else is hearing and respond how everybody else is responding. By the way, next week they're going to talk about God made uh, girls beautifully so. It's such an important reality for us today. As a church family, you need to understand you're not in a place where there's not a line in the sand, there's a line in the sand. (laughs) Don't just hear what everybody else is hearing and respond how everybody else is responding. Get with God and discern what is true and what is false. Discern the spirit of the content of the information that's getting into your mind through entertainment. I, I'm I'm astonished at some of the statements that are being made. <clears throat> you know, Disney and different, different, I mean, like. You understand, there is 100% public devotion. We will never make another movie that will not have some transgender character or gay expression, some representation of LGBTQ+. We'll never make another movie that will not have that rep- You understand, that actually has been publicly stated. I mean, you, you hear that, it's just like, I, I mean, i got to tell you, I'm not on an angry rant. I just am a person who's growing in the fear of the Lord. and You can't fly in the face of the reality of God's truth and expect that that's going to be okay. It's not. Get with God and discern that which He says is true and false. You and I must live as convinced and compelled by the truth in all of our ways. In all of our lives. So this week, your action point. We don't want to just be hearers of the word. We want to be doers of the word. Will you please? Take some time. Whatever your family dynamic is, whatever your friend circle may be, take some time with the blog and just rehearse those scriptures. What is God saying when he says this? All the verses I've read to you today, they're on the blog, destinyokc.com forward slash blog. Just go there and take a look at that. And in circles of community and conversation this week. Just talk about those things. Let God just, let there be dinner conversation. Print it out and just lay it on the table and as we eat, let's talk and read and just commune with God in the way we do this. So that's your, we bring God's presence to real life. Action point of the week. Take some time, pray the verses, pray that God will give us all a heart to love while holding on to truth. So let me just take you back for a moment. What we're going to do is just take a few moments in worship together. Be a great time if you just want to, in a posture of worship, come in a place of surrender, communion elements uh, in the back of the center section, always available. Our giving stations are in the back if you'd like to give as an expression of worship during our worship uh, time of singing. Our, Our prayer teams are going to be available in just a moment. When I ask everybody to stand, they're going to make their way under both sides of the platform. But I want you to hear me loud and clear as I say this, as I go back just for a moment to the Tower of Babel where they were trying to build an avenue to access all the way into heaven, dwell in heavenly places, make a name for themselves. All of this on behalf of their own profile, their own self-serving disposition. Just think about this. Nothing they were trying to accomplish wasn't something God actually wanted for them himself. You and I are supposed to dwell in heavenly places. Not under our own name, but under that mighty name of Jesus Christ. And in Christ we are seated in heavenly places. And the language and the words that we're supposed to use as we explore that spirit of unity... The language and the words that we find in the Holy Writ of Scripture, Genesis to Revelation, all Scripture is inspired by God. Yeah. Come on, let's stand together. Yeah. Go ahead. Let's just rejoice. Let's rejoice in the love of Jesus, the reality of His Word. If you agree that you are a person that lives in a state of surrender to the cross of Jesus Christ as your way of life, that means you've either accepted Christ or today you accept Christ. But as an expression of surrender, would you just use your hands to express that? by the lifting of your hands or the opening of your palms, however you'd like, but just an expression of surrender as we say today. I thank you, Jesus, that you came, you lived, and you died. But you are risen from the grave. You are who you say you are. You're the Savior of the world. You're my Savior. Be Lord of my life that's the expression of this moment we receive now Lord awaken us to the reality of your word deepen us to the understanding of truth may we learn to live in light of eternity and not allow the temporal philosophies to distract us that can cost us so much in the overall scheme of eternity Jesus mighty name Jesus mighty name Our prayer teams are available we're going to take just a few moments if our prayer teams make your way over to the uh, under the screens let's just take a few moments and the reason I say let's just take a few moments is because you know this doesn't have to last forever but there is something about taking that which God may be awakening in your own heart and just bringing it back to him as an expression of worship isn't that beautiful like he awakens something in us and we give it back to him So come on, would you do that? If there's anything we can pray with you about, our prayer teams are available just to stand with you, to break um, some of the bondages that the enemy tries to levy against our lives, against our children, from from our forefathers. Sometimes those things, we just need somebody to pray the prayer of agreement that be broken in our lives. That's what these prayer teams are about. We want to agree for God's kingdom to come, God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Oklahoma City, surrounding metro area as it is in heaven. In our hearts in Jesus' mighty name as it is in heaven. So come on, let's just take a few moments and press in and go a little deeper and if we can pray in agreement with you then make your way up to our prayer team's.